0: Blog Talk Radio Do you believe that death is the end? Or is it just a new beginning? beginning. Does our soul continue to evolve? Or is it buried six feet under? Spiritual encounters and unexplained phenomena have intrigued people for centuries. But what if you could find the answer, right here, right, here. right, now. right now? Welcome to Heavenly Encounters, Heavenly Encounters, where we will talk with everyday people who have had extraordinary experiences and gifted souls that see beyond the, beyond the veil. Together we'll diminish our fear of death, explore our soul's evolution, and soften the crippling grief that accompanies loss heavenly encounters you our listeners will discover a new world, a, new world. A, fresh reality, a fresh reality just a whisper away heavenly encounters so take a deep breath and join us on this fascinating adventure this is heavenly encounters heavenly encounters a journey to the other side heavenly
1: The Heavenly Encounters, A Journey to the Other Side. I am your host, Mary Elizabeth, broadcasting from Chicago, Illinois.
2: And I am your co-host, Janice, broadcasting live from St. Louis, Missouri.
1: Well, this is part two of our Valentine's Day feature on love. In Part 1, we talked about the concept of two people crazy in love and inseparable being twin flames, which are actually two halves of one soul, the yin and the yang. On today's show, we will talk about twin flames that love between dimensions, when one of them is here on Earth and the other one is on the other side. Janice will discuss what love is like with her twin flame, Senmit, with whom she has spent many lives in ancient Egypt and is now her spiritual guide in this life. We'll also talk with guest Jane Rivard, who lost the love of her life after 40 years on Earth. After crossing over, they now are in constant communication, and as she says, he is more alive now than ever. But first, don't forget to check out my two new blogs, Egyptian Cats and Bunny Paws and Branded Cattle and Submerged Buoys. You can access all of them plus our past shows at HeavenlyEncountersRadio.com. Okay, Janice, to the Average person, all this may sound a little bit crazy. What is the easiest way to explain this ability to communicate back and forth with the other side? Well, you
2: have to understand, you know, everybody has it. Everybody that goes into classes to develop their intuition or their perception or to see auras, it's an innate ability that we all have. And it's just becoming more aware and more focused. And my relationship with Senma, he was born with me. But you know, I used to call it that inner voice or that inner feeling mm-hmm. or people will call it like women's intuition or even cops right. will call it like cop intuition. So you've always have some kind of a consciousness that is there that is kind of a part of you and then outside of yourself just a little that talks to you. No, that's not right or no, right. maybe I'll go left instead of right tonight. You know, and right. it, it turns out, as little by little for me, when I was, I always had that, and when I was in my thirties, it was just like somebody stepping forward in front of me and saying, "Here I am," and he had a name, and it was, I think, I had reached a point in my spiritual evolution where I could now go ahead and have a one-on-one. And most Twin Flames, like we talked about the last show, when you come back, it's very rare that they come back together because Mm -hmm. the energy sometimes is so great and overpowering. You know, two souls uniting again, it's very hard. So normally, like in Senma and I relationship, one part of that soul will incarnate and the other part, Stays on the other side, and they become your teachers, your guides, your mentors. And especially now, because as we're moving into this golden age, a lot of souls now are coming together. Because as we get together to move into higher dimensions and higher frequencies, we can't move half of a soul. We have to mm-hmm. have our complete soul together. And it's that saying that I always used to hear from Senmut, and the two shall become one. And right. it's an initiatory process. And so as you were created, so also you, you leave this dimension and you leave it again as one. It's the way God created you.
1: So at the very beginning, though, you actually did share a life with him on earth, probably quite a few, you know, back in ancient Egypt. So tell me what that was like.
2: It was wonderful. In this lifetime, I came back and just brought Egypt back with me. And it's not through, you know, healings and stuff like that. I've remembered other lives. But as far as being able to look at a picture and, and bring tears to your eyes to cry, Egypt was a part of my soul. And when I understood that Sinlet and I, in this lifetime, our connection was prior to dynastic Egypt. So we're talking mm-hmm. about ten or 12,000 years ago in the great temples before dynastic Egypt, and we were both healers. And people came all around to the healing temple that we were at, and what I do in this lifetime, making oils, healing oils, and that is what we did in that lifetime. And so in this lifetime, I am here putting them together, and he is giving me the recipes from the other side and so i must wow. have 22 journals of egyptian healing and so everything i do is predicated upon that past life where we were together we were married and we mm-hmm. worked side by side as healers so how does he communicate with you oh in in all different ways i mean once he came forward i mean it was almost having a presence that you could almost see so you i can see him I can hear him. I can feel him. It's not unusual to have to feel somebody touch you. Um, also, sometimes scents will come to you, old perfumes or old, old scents that you can't really recognize that are here. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just so many. And for me now, it's like having an ongoing dialogue with somebody. And it's really been like that since he came forth and I could see him it's like having this ongoing dialogue and it's like you can walk around the house all day and look like you're talking to yourself so the teaching, the <laughs> that's teaching my excuse
0: will, <laughs> that's your
2: excuse that's right and also exactly. a lot of times uh, while you're being you know taught something you know you can hear the voice and at the same time your third eye will go off and there will be hieroglyphs and diagrams i mean so incredibly fast and so you can learn that way and communicate that way on many different
1: levels. So, I mean, what does that other half of your soul feel like? I mean, is it romantic? Is it a friendship? Is it like a big brother? Well, I don't, you know, those are all kind of like earthly terms.
2: If you right. think of it being a divine love, it's in an infinite and the divine love, and it's the kind of love that God it, it reflects the love that God has for us. It is unconditional. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you know, it, and it's beautiful. And there is this, this sense as you combine and go through the process of merging again and becoming one, you realize, because they'll always say no matter what, you're never alone. But how often do we hear that and not know that it's true because we don't feel it? And once you've gone ahead and gone through that process where you've become one again with a twin flame, you know you are never alone, never, ever, ever alone. And even like we're thinking in terms of death, you know, death doesn't mm-hmm. scare me because I know what will happen is send mother, he'll put out his hand and I'll take it.
0: And that's how right. I'll
2: die in this lifetime. Wow, that's just absolutely amazing.
1: It is. It's well, an incredible incredible experience. Well, what's interesting was with the last show of part one, we had our two twin flames that were actually incarnated on this earth. And that's why we did the second show. So we had, you know, showed twin flames that one was incarnated on earth, such as yourself, and then one actually was on the other side. Well, our second guest, it's a little bit different. He actually was incarnated on earth, then he died, and now he's actually communicating with her on the other side. So, next up is our very special friend and guest, Jean Rivard. You may remember her from a past show where she detailed her near death experience. Jean, welcome to the show. Welcome.
3: Well, hello, ladies. Nice to be back. Thank you for inviting me.
1: You are welcome. Oh, absolutely. Well, first, give us a quick synopsis of your relationship with your love, Charlie, before he died.
3: Oh, well, you know, I don't want to sound redundant, but Jan. You absolutely mirrored so much almost identical experience that I have with Charlie. Uh, And, yes, the energy, when you first meet this twin flame, this ancient soulmate, the the energy is so overpowering, and it it went through both of us at the very same moment. We both laid eyes on each other for the very first time. And then, you know, it was one of those things that... uh, it was very deep and very profound and very strong, but it was something that uh we were not able to fulfill in this lifetime and uh, our past went different ways and uh then they came back together and then they went different ways and uh during the four decades over four decades, there was never an unkind cross or angry word and and that's the depth of the heart everything came from the heart, and it was sacred, and it was divine, um, so, it, there came a point where we, he, he had just finished putting his children through college, and, uh, we were kind of looking at, uh, oh, some special time for ourselves. we were going to retire, and, mm-hmm. and, and so forth, and then, unfortunately, um, he had a massive stroke, and he left the planet about a year and a half ago, and, uh, Almost immediately, Mary uh, and Jan, mm-hmm. um, I began feeling his presence, much the same as what you said, Jan. It, and mm. it, it's very real. I mean, yeah. I heard his voice. I could smell him. I could have. I began to have conversations. I I I was just standing in front of my stove once, and I felt his arms come up behind me and just wrap around me. And he'll send messages in music. And the one of his most favorite ones lately is "I will wait for you." And I, I say, "Yes, Charlie, I know you're waiting for me." <laughs> oh, <that's beautiful. laughs> so um, you know that it, it, there's just that connection. And um, he's on the other side; I'm here. But I will have conversations, like you said, Jan. You know, I'll, right? Uh, he'll leave messages for me on my computer. I I find signs, I find feathers and shiny little pennies and all kinds of things that he wants to make sure that I know that he's right there. And it's a presence that is like he's always there. It's like someone sitting in another room. You know they're there. If you call their name, all of a sudden they'll say yes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just uh, it, it's a little difficult to explain if you've never experienced it, but that's about the closest I can come to it. It's It's a very – strong magnetic uh, the soul remembers and it's it's divine and sacred
1: so after he died and he crossed over were you expecting to communicate with him i mean what was that first sign there was actually him
3: well actually no i was you know of course i was in pain and i was grieving and i didn't really expect to have him communicate with me um but the, the first sign, which was kind of strange, our mutual friend, Regina, uh, kept prompting me to buy a book, The Afterlife with Billy Fingers. And mm-hmm. for some reason I kept putting it off, but I eventually went over to the bookstore and they had one copy left, and I brought it home. And But this was just before he passed over, and I, I read the entire book except for the very last page, and something came up, and I don't recall what it was, it, prevented me and I put the book away because it was only one page left and in the meantime uh, I got the news that he had had the stroke and passed away and then very shortly thereafter I got a notice that I was the unit I was looking for to move into was available so I started packing and I was very absorbed with the move and um, the day that I was moving I asked him if he was going to be coming with me because you know I felt his presence so much and I opened the door and there on my mat was one shiny penny and one white feather so I kind of took that as a sign <laughs> and then after I moved it unpacked, I kept getting a message from him read Billy Fingers read that last page read the last page so finally I found it the book and I opened it up and there it was it was the last line on the last page, and it said, My posthumous journey, keep listening for my voice, and always, always, and forever remember my love. And that oh. was the message to me.
2: How beautiful.
3: That's amazing. Yes, it is.
1: So, we know, like has been many, I mean, many,
3: signs since,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say, now, Janice has remembered so many of the past lives she's had with Summit. Do you know of any of the, the lives you've had with Charlie as well?
2: Well, you know, I know that there are many,
3: but I only have one reading, and it came from the 1970s uh, when we were just early involved, and uh, it it took place at the turn of the century uh, in Detroit. We were both in Detroit at the time, and the past life was in Detroit, and I had married another and because I came from a very poor background, and I was quite beautiful, and I just used my looks. To gain whatever I wanted, and somebody very prestigious and wealthy decided he needed a, um, I guess what you would call a trophy wife at that time, and that's what I went for, and that was my sole lesson. I left true love behind, and I went for, uh, you know, finances and security and mm-hmm. all of that, and um, so it was something I had to learn or, or experience in this life coming back, and and I think that's why we were always. Ships that pass in the night. We could never really quite connect, in spite of the the soul connection we had. Wow! And you know what's interesting?
2: Oh, I was just going to say it's very interesting because a lot of times, if you read the recollections of past lives for some people, they'll recognize the other half of their soul, and only one person will do it. You know. And so it's like you're you're like like uh you know you're just walking to two ships passing in the night. How come you don't look at me? how come you can't see me and for whatever reason in this lifetime they're not meant to connect
3: yes absolutely hmm. you're 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 totally i'm totally in alignment with that uh I believe that was that was our our situation and the day that he was buried he was buried in michigan and this was a year and a half ago and i was here in las vegas um i had thousands of emails in my file from him and i just and i was reading on facebook cuz we had a mutual friend who was giving us a kind of a blow by blow report of what was going on during the funeral procession in the rain and going to the cemetery and i just randomly pulled up one of his emails out of thousands And it was a message to me about what he wanted me to know about me and our relationship and his love for me in case he should die before we should meet. So that was pretty powerful. Yeah, that was powerful.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. One thing I want to jump back to real quick that's so fascinating is this past life that you had in early Detroit. Now you had a, you had pictured yourself with this parasol outside of your mansion and this young man on his bike looking at you through the gate. Now wasn't there a picture exactly like that that um you came across years later?
3: Yes, it was really interesting. It was the first time I'd had a past life reading, and it was done by another person, and he began describing you know my life in in that period of time and and Detroit, and uh, he described myself sitting in a carriage with a child, a little girl, and wearing a parasol and a big fancy dress in a mansion with a small gate around it. And uh, there was a picture way in the back of a, of a young man on a bicycle looking over the fence, and you could see he was looking directly at the, what, the woman in, and mm-hmm. the child in the. Carriage. And so I didn't think too much of it, and I thought, well, that's interesting. And then the local newspaper uh, began running uh, a series every day of historical pictures from Detroit and who was prominent way back when and who found Detroit. And one day I opened it up, and the whole back page was exactly the same pictures, including the way he had described the inside of the mansion, the outside of the the carriage, the wolf, and the parasol, and even the picture of the young man on his bicycle looking at me. So it was, it was very deja
1: vu. <laughs> yeah. Wow, isn't that crazy, Janice? <laughs> I know, and sometimes
2: moments like that, then they're just like truly moments. They just take your breath away.
3: They oh, do. gosh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about, we just have a – actually, well, we do have about five minutes left. This is – I love quantum physics. I love science. I love especially when science begins to prove spirituality. And when we were talking yesterday, Jean, you were telling me about this quantum physics theory called entanglement. Can you tell us what it is? I think
3: a lot of us, uh, many of us are beginning to hear the word entanglement more frequently because it's being used by, uh, you know, some of the leaders in in the spiritual movement like Deepak Chopra Mm -hmm. and, uh, Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and and so forth. And what they have found in quantum physics is um, at the subatomic level, uh, particles uh, can be monitored. And just like in real life, you know, we can bump into somebody and we have a conversation or whatever and we go about our way and nothing ever happens. And sometimes they stay in our life for a little while and then other times we meet someone that is so magnetic this twin flame well the same thing happens at the subatomic level and they're called it's uh you know the particles uh will bump into each other and many times most of the time nothing will happen and then sometimes they will stick together and for a period of time and nobody knows why but after this period of time they become unglued and they go their separate ways. And then there is the third part, which is the entanglement where it is one. And no matter how they separate these particles, by time and space and distance, they are what happens to one will happen to the other. And they are united through time and space forever. And I think this is the very basis of our twin flame discussion. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it, we are united as one.
2: And that's what I well, used to say. All, well, I was going to mm-hmm. say all the time, and the two shall become one.
1: Right. Yes. But I also think it has to do a lot with life lessons also. You know, there's some people that come into our life for a short time to teach us a specific thing. There may be somebody that comes into our life, just runs into us on the street, and that's it. So I think and there's that's a so lot it. of things that can be explained with this kind of theory.
3: I do, too, yes. Uh, and it, it can be a very short period of time. It can be a day, a month, a year. A couple of decades, and then they split up. Right. Uh, but in the case of, of the twin flame, when they are separated by death or, or distance or whatever, the connection is still alive. And so that
1: entanglement right. never leaves. It is with us forever. Oh, that's right. beautiful. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you. Um, and I don't remember, okay. you know, the last interview we did for, uh, with you, you were telling us about your near-death experience and how you felt that after that you just kind of became rewired. How do you think that played into all of this, if it did at all?
3: Well, you know, I, I often wonder about that. Am I more sensitive to uh, the issues here with um, with being receptive to 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 my twin flame or or to love mm-hmm. um, but many people who have had near death experiences have come back and have said they were rewired. they're just more energetically sensitive, and I have found that that's been the case with me for decades because my near death happened uh back in the early seventies, and um you know I mess up computers and and electronics and all kinds of things like that. It used to be that I'd have to leave a room for somebody to send a fax because I would just jam fax machines <laughs> constantly.
1: But you know what's really weird? I yeah. do that, too. I had a company I was at where somebody could be you know, collating a 200-page document and the whole thing would run fine. I would go up to it and make one copy and the whole thing would just jam. Yep. They finally banned yep. me from the copy room. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, crazy, yeah. but I'm thinking, though... <laughs> Because you were rewired too, you know you're seeing these signs, you're able to communicate, you can hear him from the other side. I'm just curious if you would have been able to actually you know hear him and talk to him and actually feel him if that hadn't have happened if of course that was part of the plan
3: um yeah i th- I think so mary um and i'm I'm sensitive to it, but I do really agree with, with Jan that we all have this ability. You don't have to have mm-hmm. a near-death experience. I think mine was just kind of like fast forward and shoved into that potion. Right. But the more we become aware and more sensitive, uh, the more it will happen. We'll notice the numbers. We'll notice the signs, uh, the intuition, the uh, the dreams, messages that come through in dreams. Right. Uh, so it's there for all of us.
1: Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, you know what, Jean, thank you so much for being on our show again. It's always a very enlightening and inspiring um, opportunity to talk with you. Thank you so much. Always.
3: Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Jan. Love you gals both. Keep up the great work.
1: Thank you, too. (laughs) Thank you, too. Okay, Janice, tell me this. Okay, you've got, you know, we have a lot of people listening to our show that they think, eh, I don't know about all of this stuff. How can you, if you're not someone like Jean that's had a near-death experience, have been rewired, or if they're not like you that are an old soul, um, how do you actually begin to open yourself up to experience some of this? Well, probably the best way is meditation.
0: And that is
2: to get to this point of, of stillness. Where you tap into the the sacredness of your soul, Sen calls it the divinity within that you become the mm-hmm. divinity within, and once you're able to tap into that frequency of that divinity within through meditation and that, then you'll find that it's like a door that opens, and so even if you know if you, all you're hearing is an echo, you can go ahead and start fine tuning it like you can fine tune a radio. And it's the soul's evolution, the more you do it. Journaling is another uh, uh, great way to do it. But everybody has the ability, and it's like anything else, it's practice makes perfect. And then sometimes, you know, experiences like Gene, where, you know, you have a near-death experience or you get sick or something like that, and while you're out of your body, it's just they come in and they just rewire you. You know, they put Mm -hmm. you in the right frequency and everything like that so that when you wake up, you've kind of gone through this initiatory process and you are literally somebody new. You're somebody that is more evolved.
1: And I know for so many people, everyone is living such a busy, busy life this these days and sometimes it's just hard to sit there to focus on your breathing and just to meditate but you know it also can be achieved by you know taking a hike through the woods by going out running anything that really just quiets everything else down and kind of makes you present and right. i know for me just being in the shower in the morning i don't know if it's the extra oxygen whatever it is that's where i get a lot of my insights as well when i'm just oh i, I can't the, tell you the people that i know that
2: yeah, that meditate and they talk to, to to their guides and that while they're in a car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, turn off the radio and exactly. just really connect. Don't meditate, but you still can really get quiet and just connect. Exactly. Okay, well, I think it is time for illumination.
2: Illuminations. Illuminations. It's time for illumination. Food for your
1: mind. Okay, I've got two of them. Okay, go ahead. So I'm going to do the first one, and I'll let you go. This one is from Jess Walter. What kind of wife would I be if I left your father simply because he was dead? <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that I couldn't, before. I read that one. I couldn't pass it up. Oh, that is great. great. Okay, what do you have for us? Well,
2: I have one of the great teachers, masters in this lifetime, He's gone now, but Sri Aurobindo. Mm -hmm. And it says, it is not a hope but a certitude that the complete transformation of the nature will take place.
1: Ooh, it's pretty. Well, this one's a little more serious. It's from Daniel Yanez. They say that a part of you dies when a special loved one passes away. I disagree. I say a part of you lives with your loved one on the other side. How about that?
2: That is beautiful.
1: Thank you, Janice, for another fascinating show, and thank you to our wonderful listeners for joining us once again. Until next time, be inspired, be empowered, and be well. You've been listening to Heavenly Encounters, A Journey to the Other Side. Good night. Good night.